welcome to the Happy Whole You podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, your brain health and wellness expert. Here we talk about all things wellness with a focus on how your brain functions. So the daily impact of our physical, nutritional, financial, even spiritual lives, how they impact our brain, including how we navigate all of our relationships on a daily basis, all have a major impact on how our brain functions. So get ready to rewire your biology and your brain because we have a lot of great information ahead. Hello, hello, amazing, beautiful humans. Here we are in another episode of the Happy Whole You podcast. Today, I have Doug Cook with me, and he is an integrative and functional nutritionist and registered dietitian up in Canada. And Doug is very passionate about nutrition and believes that a diet based on nutrition-dense, minimally processed foods along with targeted supplementation are the foundations to healing and restoring and maintaining health. So 110% agree with Doug on that one. And Doug also is the co-author of Nutrition for Canadians for Dummies, The Complete Leaky Gut Health and Diet Book, and the 175 Best Superfood Blender Recipes. And you can learn more about what Doug has to offer at going to www.dougcookrd.com. And also check out his podcast, Pursuit of Health. And let's go. Thank you for joining me today, Doug. Thanks for having me. This is a great topic, so I love talking about it. Yes, your brain and food and all that that entails. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, first, could you just share with everybody, I give them a brief little bio on you, but if you could just share with them a little bit about what you do on your day to day and how you help people with their brain health through nutrition. Sure. So my day job is working in a psychiatric hospital. I work in mental health and addiction. You know, I help people in that regard in terms of managing their nutrition within the context of acute psychiatric illness and any delusions and hallucinations might they might have. Some people are that extreme. I work with geriatric clientele and people who are in active recovery from substance use disorder. And then in my private practice, I also do counseling on various nutrition-related topics, but again, with a focus on brain health. So it really is about helping people optimize some mood disorders. So things like depression and anxiety, but also optimizing their nutrition for long-term cognitive health, hopefully starting earlier, the better, so they can have good brain power throughout uh, the life cycle. Absolutely. So what do you notice with people when you start to shift what they're putting in their bodies with in terms of nutrition? Yeah, there's a lot of subtle changes, but there's also a lot of profound changes. A lot of the times people can just start to think clearer and have more mental energy because depending on what their situation is, they could be using substances and not eating. They could have some restrictive eating patterns, but they could also just be eating poor quality foods. So they might be getting some raw nutrition or raw calories in the form of sugar, but they're lacking all the cofactors and the the brain healthy nutrients. So there really is a clarity of thought. um, And uh, more profoundly with depression, you really do see some shifts in that kind of manifestation, which really then helps them to kind of focus on recovery or or other forms of interventions. Absolutely. And, you know, can you share with people really to the, the quality of foods? Like if you're talking about proteins, you know, not all proteins are created equally and the amino acid and proteins and, 
you know, their impact on neurotransmitters in the brain. Could you just share, you know, if people are out there thinking they're eating pretty healthy and they're trying to get their protein, what do you recommend in terms of like clean, good protein for people to eat? Well, the approach I always take is I always meet people where they are. So depending on, I always come at it from a clinical or clinician's point of view. So I don't really have, I mean, I'm an out and proud omnivore, but um, really I'm always thinking, what do people need to be their best? So if someone is an omnivore, then there's a variety of plant and animal foods that they can be getting. If they're a vegetarian, which comes in many different forms. It could be fish, no fish, eggs, cheese, all that kind of thing. That's a very different strategy as well compared to vegans. So really it's just eating. It's a kind of a hard term to qualify or quantify, but when we say like eat real food, nutrient dense, whole foods, minimally processed foods, that's, that's where you're going to get the basic stuff like protein, but all the nuanced things that come along with it, that just, we're only scratching the surface. I think we only identified 150 constituents in food and there's tens of thousands. So really it's just, you know, if omnivores like animal sources, fish, protein, eggs, cheeses, and then of course the legumes, and then, you know, nuts and seeds and whole grains will round out the amino acids um, in that regard. Yeah. And I, I love how, you know, it's real food. It's not, you know, a protein bar or anything like that. Cause you know, you will be missing all those cofactors that are essential for the body. You know, that's why there there's food. <laughs> yeah. F- real food is the ingredient list as they say, or something to that effect. Absolutely. So how has food impacted your own personal brain health? in uh, your life? That's a good question. I hope it's impacted it positively. I know in the past when, I mean, I've always been interested in food, so I don't really have a hard reference of being like a crazy teenager living on, you know, Slurpees or hot dogs and that kind of stuff. So I was raised with kind of real food, but I just feel that anecdotally that I just kind of fare the storms well compared to some of my friends. But, and that's just kind of drawing on what we know from studies, how nutrition impacts, uh, impacts the brain. So it's hard to answer that question because I haven't had to deal with any mental health issues. I just, I assume I'm doing okay at my age. <laughs> and you know what I mean? I haven't done any tests, but I, I do know at the very least I'm putting the theory into practice. So I'm fingers crossed that it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I always say we're all mental. That's why good health matters. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I like that. (laughs) How about like myths around foods and, you know, brain health? Are there any myths out there that, you know, you try to kind of debunk when you're working with people or anything like that, that you can think of? Well, I don't know if it's, I've never looked at it this way, but since you phrased the question that way, I don't know if it's a myth, but I think it's an underappreciation of the role that nutrition has on the brain. So Maybe it's a myth if you press people, they might not think that nutrition matters. But when I do meet with clients or I do my group education classes at the hospital, I do know that people don't think of nutrition as a way to nourish the brain, which is an organ. So people, they know that they want to have strong muscles, they have to work out and exercise or strong bones, they have to do some weight bearing exercise, or they appreciate the impact of nutrition on the heart, but not so much 
the brain. And it really is kind of the last frontier. I think people have just forgotten about the brain for a couple of reasons, historically and medically. So I think, I don't know if that answers your question about a myth, but I think if they were asked, they wouldn't have given it as much credence, which might be a, a mis, misunderstanding of, of sorts. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, when we think of being healthy, I think a lot of people are thinking, okay, how do my clothes fit? How am I looking? Yeah. <laughs> and the last thing we're thinking about is nourishing our, our bodies in terms of, you know, nourishing for good brain health, because yeah, I mean, food, it just the impact on the brain is is tremendous. And I've seen that with my clients as well. What would you say, say people had only three foods they could eat for the rest of their life? <laughs> How about uh-huh. for you? Let's go with you. With me. Okay. Yeah. If you only had three foods you could eat for the rest of your life, that would give you the best and you know the highest nutrition value. What would those three foods be? Three single foods or categories of foods? Oh, single foods. Single foods. So then it would be, I would be salmon or trout. And why is because they've got the preferred longer chain of preferred omega-3 fatty acids. People have heard of DPA and DHA, but maybe not DPA. So whole fish and seafoods, and I'm focusing on salmon and trout. It's got all of those brain nourishing omega-3 fats but a whole bunch of other vitamins and minerals that are also important for brain health. So it really is kind of like a, everyone talks about kale and goji berries, but for me, fish, uh, salmon and trout really are a superfood and I'm a nature's multivitamin. Then the next one I think would be eggs. And the reason is because it's chock full of high quality protein, like the fish, It's got a lot of vitamins and minerals, but it's one of the best sources of a very key nutrient needed for brain health that we're not getting enough of called choline. So choline, cholesterol, those fats, they make up the brain because it's 60% fat by weight. But choline is also needed for a vital neurotransmitter called acetylcholine, which is good for learning, consolidating memories and that type of thing. And then to show that I'm not anti-plant, I think the next food would be I'm thinking of a single food. I can't stand spinach, so I'm going to say kale. But any dark green leafy vegetable is good because people know it's got lots of yummy stuff in it, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. But it's dark green vegetables, or rather kale, because you asked me foods, is really rich in two carotenoids called lutein and zeaxanthine. So everyone's heard of beta carotene. Maybe some have heard of lycopene, lycopene, but lutein and zeaxanthine, what's unique about those is the brain and the eyes, which is an extension of the brain, will concentrate those two uh, carotenoids within its tissues. So lutein only makes up 16% of the total carotenoids in the human diet. But if ample in the diet, they will make up 66 to 70% of the total carotenoid content in the brain. And so we're not sure why, but when you look at studies that have given people lutein supplements or used whole food sources with early dementia, and then you run a battery of tests, 18 to 24 months later, their scores are like they're 10 years younger. So we're not sure why, but the brain is starving for lutein. So I guess it would be trout or salmon, eggs and lutein. And you can do a lot with that. You can make omelets, you could do (laughs) eggs benedict with kale instead of spinach. So yes, definitely salmon is on, is on my list. I'm like obsessed with wild blueberries 
green leafy vegetables and walnuts. So I think I have like four, but I guess that's not fair because I told you three, but yeah, I mean, those would be my, my handful too. That would be my, would be my go-to for sure. Yeah. I mean, nutrition on the brain, it's, it's tremendous. I know, you know, when, when I was going to college and drinking and <laughs> drinking a lot of coffee and alcohol and living on, you know, ramen noodles <laughs> and all that fun stuff, you know, my brain just did not function how, you know, it does now. And it's crazy because here I am, you know, 20 years later, and I feel like my brain is healthier and I'm happier. And looking back, it's like, well, no wonder, you know? And so Mm -hmm. then, you know, I think about school and we're teaching kids in school and the food that we're giving kids in school. And I think it all goes back to the kind of the last thing we think about is how nutrition is impacting our brain. And yeah. Yeah. And, and the way I kind of introduce my, these concepts to people is what we eat and drink absolutely affects the structure, right? Like when we think about nutrition affects anatomy. So in this case, we're talking brain structure and then structure impacts function. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about the brain, it's consciousness, it's moods, it's emotion, it's memory, behavior, for sure. So all those little neurons that are trying to fire and they need lots of fuel and lots of cofactors and vitamins and minerals to, for them to work well, are going to, the pistons aren't all going to be firing, I guess, if we're yeah. living on <laughs> alcohol, ramen noodles and coffee. But yeah, yeah, when I think about it, I did the same, but I, I guess that's it's a long time ago. So I've forgotten about it. But yeah, when you think about, especially kids and the quality of the diet, you know, all this. Yeah, it's uh, it, the brain is starving for sure. Okay, so this one might be a little out there for you. So let me just kind of explain. Long time ago, I was reading and it was just talking about grass fed beef and animals that are treated humane and then, you know, animals that aren't really treated humane, not grass fed, have high stress life and how it impacts the amino acids and and all that. Do you have any reference or thought into like energetically how when you ingest something that's been not in like a high stress state, in terms of animals versus something that wasn't treated humane and how energetically you eat that and how it impacts your biology. Do you have any insight on that? I have zero insight into that. So the, I think the challenge there would be, and you could obviously conduct a study or look at, do a nutrient analysis on different types of animal foods based on how they're treated and look maybe, I mean, we're, I think what you're referring to is something that's more at the I don't know if this is the right word, the quantum level. I don't know if you can measure that stuff, (laughs) but what we're looking at, what we have machinery or techniques for is more, you know, kind of on a, what we can see. So we can look at protein structure. We can look for residuals and stress hormones and that kind of thing. If that's even possible, I don't know if those things stick around or if they break down quickly, but I don't have any insight into whether or not you can consume fear if that's, I mean, I've heard that expression when you think about the way some animals are, are raised and slaughtered and that type of thing. But I'm also not arrogant enough to, to say that I know, right? So, I mean, anything's possible. So, but in terms of the, the, the quality of the protein and that type of thing, I think there are some subtle differences between grass fed versus corn fed and that type of thing, how they're if they're moving towards the end, uh, how they're accumulating fat, et cetera, in their tissue. So 
I think for me, though, uh, the first step would always be meeting people where they are, as I meet a variety of people in the hospital. It's all walks of life. It's people who live in shelters, who have limited income, and then private practice might be people who have more discretionary spending for arguably better quality food. So it's really about where do I get that person to the next best step for them? So, you know, sometimes people don't have the luxury of, of worrying about organic or grass fed. So I wouldn't want people to think that those foods aren't nutritious, nutritious or have value. So it really is having, it really has been a lot of tailoring to, to the individual. Yeah, absolutely. And if somebody is either living with, you know, some anxiety or depression or someone they love, how could they support them in terms of nutrition? So maybe they don't have access to someone like you, or they just, you know, they just want to help with somebody else's brain health or their own. Where should they start? Well, they'll need information regardless. There, if they have access to the internet, there's a lot of good general information that come up with basic searches like brain food or good nutrition or nutrition for brain health, that type of thing. So they, they do need some kind of access to information. There's no getting around that. And then whether it's with the guidance of someone like myself or themselves, the easiest thing for them to do, I would think, is just kind of reflect on what they're doing, maybe write down what they eat and drink for a few days in a row. And then, you know, look and see where can I make one or two swaps that are super easy to do. So it might be something simple, like including more walnuts or fruit or almond versus jumping into cooking salmon and steaming trout and that kind of thing. So I think it really is, you need the basic information about what's going to nourish the brain. You need to do a little bit of self-reflection. If it's for themselves, they can figure that out for themselves. Hopefully, if it's for somebody else, maybe work with them or just have a conversation about, you know, hey, why don't, where, where can we make some swaps? And it really is about doing some easy swaps, I think. Just kind of thinking this out loud on the spot. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, when I work with clients, it's, you know, I recommend meeting up. We'll definitely meet them where they're at, but then let's just pick one meal, right? If it's like your morning routine mm -hmm. or if it's your evening. And I love that how you're saying just swap out. It's so good to just yeah, start there. I love it. So, well, Doug, thank you so much for joining me today and giving some insight and just sharing with people how nutrition is really, it does impact the brain and it's, it's a foundation that we need to kind of build up and support. Yeah, my pleasure. The more channels to get the word out, the better. So happy to be a part of that today. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.